Hey everybody, welcome to group chat here on Relay. First of all, thank you everybody for subscribing, for rating and reviewing. The show has seen some amazing success over the course of this first three weeks. So thank you to everyone for doing that today. We got a full, almost a full house. We got seven people here. So we got Laura Thweet, Peter Bromko, Lindsey Hine, Marcus Brown, Stephanie Flippin, Tommy Runs, and I am Matt Shittum. We got a lot to talk about. So we're going to go around the horn. Everyone picked out one specific thing that they wanted to talk about here on group chat. So we're just going to go around the horn. So we're picking people at random. So Stephanie Flippin, I'm going to go to you first. What was the thing that caught your attention this weekend? Yeah, uh, I was out at Leadville 100 over the weekend. I was originally slated to be pacing um, one of my close friends uh, as well as one of my teammates. Um, she had a bit of a rough day, had a bit of um, like hip pain going on. So she made the call to pull um, around like 50K or so. Um, oh, uh, definitely the right call. Smart. Actually, my first time out at Leadville um, in person, like for race weekend and just yeah, just sort of reflecting back, this year was the 40th anniversary of Leadville. Um, and yeah, just sort of reflecting back on the history of the race, just observations that I was making um, as like a professional ultra runner in the sport. Um, and yeah, that's what I had wanted to chat about. But yeah, it was a warm day. Temperatures, I think, reached like high 70s, uh, probably like real feel like in the low 80s, just because like, the UV index is so bananas. Like you're just, you feel like you're like two feet from the sun, especially when the runners are out on Hope Pass, um, where it tops out above 12,000 feet. Um, but yeah, does anyone want to chime in um, with questions about the weekend before I just bulldoze my way through? When something like Leadville's going on, it gives me appreciation for how we call this whole sport running, but these things are so wildly different. So for instance, my friend, TJ David, partner of our former teammate, Zoe Rome was out there. And I got up early on the East Coast and he started. And then I went through a whole day and I, I sort of admitted defeat to myself. I'm like, I'm going to bed before TJ even finishes his race. Like a whole day has passed. And so, and I know that the whole thing is happening like so high in the air that I would probably just have altitude sickness, like sitting in a chair. And so I'm like, I can't even make sense of any, any of this, even though I mean, the classic thing is like the photos that come in, they, I'm like, ooh, that looks runnable. Looks like he could really rip down that uh, dirt road. But I know that I would probably be crying on the side of the road. So how do you make sense of a, a run like that? Right. Yeah, I think that's honestly a lot of that was what was going through my mind throughout the weekend. And I was also I'd, I actually, you guys, um, my husband Mitchell pulled up a stat sheet for me to reference. Um, Leadville is so tricky because Yes, it is like one of the more, quote, runnable 100-mile courses. It doesn't have a crazy amount of elevation gain, and it's honestly not super, super technical. Um, there's large stretches of dirt road, like Peter mentioned. Um, but this, like, more technical sections are honestly pretty short. Um, there's, like, a two-mile section, like, on the Continental, uh, the Colorado Trail, um, that's definitely more techy. Um, and there's rocks and whatnot around Turquoise Lake. But all things considered, it is, like, on paper a more runnable course um but this past weekend was actually my first time getting up and above um, 10,000 feet this summer i just haven't had the chance to do a whole lot of training um up super high for our listeners i live um at like 7,500 feet i typically train like above like 8,000 feet um but i just haven't gotten up that high and my first run 
um, on Friday, I was feeling it like like I felt like dizzy. <laughs> like I was like, oh, gosh, I have like a headache. And I live and train at high altitude. So that was sort of like the first like thought that I had in my mind where I'm looking at the stat sheet, like the entrance. And I'm like, I genuinely don't know how amateur athletes who live and coming from sea level, like tackle this race. I don't know. Like it's just it's so brutal. Um, but yeah, I think something that stood out in my mind this year was just the fact um, this statistic is really interesting. Um, so Leadville 100 has a 30-hour cutoff. It's the same cutoff um, that Western States has, but it's a totally different race. Again, the altitude plays a huge, huge role here. And um, I think like for most years and including this year, like the bulk of the finishers at Leadville finish between 28 and 30 hours. So that's an interesting statistic to me, like, like, oh, like well over 50%, like, like 70% of runners finish wow. in that 28 to 30 hour time range. And this year, especially there was a, I mean, huge, huge kudos, you know, to the podium, like on the men's and women's side. But I think we also have to acknowledge too, that like the elite field in Leadville just continues to get like smaller and smaller to the point where um, like there was actually, besides like my teammate Devin, who I was slated to pace, there was actually no like elite, like sponsored like women in the field. And that's just interesting to me um, with Leadville being such a historic race. This was the 40th year going. Um, yeah, and I guess I just, what it, what really like I was thinking about was the fact that, okay, Leadville like was one of the first major races to have an enormous sponsor take over. Uh, so Lifetime Fitness took over for it, funneled a bunch of money into it. And we sort of thought that that was going to like, quote, save the race from dying out. And I think we've actually seen like a little bit of the opposite. And again, like I had chatted with you guys um, before we hopped on, you know, a bit of that has to do with timing and the fact that like now we have a major race series happening over in Europe with UTMB and all of those major sponsors and all the money being funneled into that series which I think arguably is taking away from like US and North American based races that are falling in this like August to September um, bracket. But yeah, it's just, it was really interesting to me. And honestly, I found myself feeling a little bit sad um, mm -hmm. as we were moving through the weekend, just to sort of see the race. And it, it's like such a historic anniversary year. And again, I mean this in no disrespect to anyone who finished the race or, or any of like the, the podium finishers or anything like that. but. I just found myself thinking like, gosh, like where is Leadville 100 going? Um, and then that led me to examine the entry process, um, you know, how the lottery works. I was looking up statistics like women in the field versus men. Um, for your gut, for everyone listening this year, there was 179 um, female entrants and 640 male entrants. Um, yeah. And so Whoa. then that had me. Yeah. And then honestly, the statistics are very similar. Um, we, uh, I was only able to go back to 2016 for that. Um, but it just had me thinking, I'm like, what actually are the lotteries looking like for some of these races where there isn't like total transparency, like something like Western States where you can literally go to the lottery, see them like, you know, spend the wheel, handpick um, the entrance. And I know this has been a huge topic in the chill and ultra world um, for quite some time, but I just found myself really just considering all these different things and what's contributing to races such as Leadville 100 having success and not. Um, but yeah, just things I was reflecting on being out there this weekend. I was just curious if that discrepancy between men and women that you're seeing in Leadville, mm -hmm. is that across yeah the board with ultra running or right. like the big hundred mile races or is it more sure. just a Leadville thing like what what does that look like 
Yeah, I mean, we definitely see those t- those types of statistics across the board, but I and I would say perhaps Hard Rock is the the other mountain race that stands out as having such um, like drastic statistics like that. Um, other races such as like Western states, I don't necessarily see those stats being so different there. And I think it also has to do with the structure of the lottery and the transparency um, that's given there and like a process that's shown in terms of how athletes are picked for the lottery. Um, But yeah, just an observation there. Stephanie, I also wonder how much of this is just like the evolution of the sport in a sense and conjoined with the fact that Western States has become the elephant in the room with all of these races and the golden, you know, kind of like the golden ticketization of these races of like are being a feeder system for Western States um, and going from there where you also have the situation where as this, you know, if a, if a race isn't a golden ticket race and it's 100 miles and it's at elevation, it's really hard to like, you know, compete with some of these other really, really good races. There's more races popping up all the time that are so interesting. And then you also have to compete with, in this case, UTMB. That's a tough sell, right? Just for like an athlete perspective. Like if you're like, I guess in terms of like you choosing your own race schedule, like if you were someone who was um, sponsored, like you mentioned, like there weren't many sponsored athletes there. If you were a sponsored athlete and you had a chance to run, you know, CCC, OCC, UTMB or some of those, and like your sponsor didn't care. In fact, maybe wanted you to go to Chamonix. Would you? Would you actually buck the trend and go to Leadville instead? Like, like just in terms of race selection, especially when like there's only so many hundreds you have in your legs over a 12 to 18 month span. Yep. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of that depends on what the um, the athlete's contract looks like and their bonus structure. Um, I, like, I know I I can't really like speak for like mine, but I I do feel like I have. Um, like autonomy and like flexibility over what I choose. And I, I don't feel that pressure to like choose a race solely based on like the bonus structure um, and what I would be potentially compensated for. Um, But yes, I absolutely think that's a huge, that's playing a huge role um, in it. Um, And I think another thing too, just with the way like Leadville approaches things is like, we know like the altitude is so intense, like to the point where like, if we look at the finisher rate for this year, it was 44%. Um, the highest that it has been dating back to 2016 was 52% in 2018. And that makes me think like, okay, like when the race is then like putting in athletes or like handing out entries and like these athletes like maybe haven't been training for this race. I, it just makes me wonder. I'm like, this seems honestly pretty dangerous. <laughs> like when I was up there, I'm like seeing, it, it seems like Leadville has become this like, more of like an amateur event to like see like who can just survive and me as like a coach and someone who's raced like 10 hundred millers at this point i'm just like wow that's it's actually really really dangerous <laughs> like like it's scary um, stephanie what you're saying rings true because uh alexi pappas announced shortly before the race that she was going to be participating and it definitely fell into that category of like oh gosh i hope she does all right i hope she takes care of herself i hope she finishes like in one piece and then you know posted updates along the way and did finish before 30 hours but it was much more of that um adventure and survival than a a race and so it's ultra running i think has so many factors to it that I don't understand. And some of them I'm like, are these safe at all? Or is like just danger 
uh, a totally accepted form of the sport. Um, you know, well, I, coming from I, I track wonder... and field, we definitely obsess the details like uh, in a more, I think a more respectful, like a few degrees of temperature we take very seriously. I wonder like if, um, cause I, I got to hang out with the ultra sign up a bit um, when I went out to the Broken Arrow Sky Race. And I think one of their biggest things was they were, they're trying to promote use their platform to promote trail running as a whole um, and promote trail running because um, I think even as, a, as an outsider looking into trail running like I know of like five races so it's like if I'm gonna like start knowing the, the personality I have I'm gonna probably try to go to Leadville or like something that I've heard of and I don't think that maybe people that are getting into it I think they're just naturally going to these bigger races because that's what they know of and that's the one that's worth it that's the one that matters instead yeah. of like going on like ultra sign up and just saying find a hundred or a 50k or something near me you know that may Literally. not be as intense and extreme and maybe get you the most totally. likes on like ig or whatever but like it'd probably be the first step to getting to something like that so maybe like the promotion of the sport as a whole as a as opposed to focusing on utmb um you know leadville and you know the big other uh, big ones i was just gonna say i think the danger and it comes with the altitude right i mean anybody can crawl their way to finish the 50 miler or whatever if they need to but like the altitude sickness could be really scary there's a zelly uh on a different uh podcast made reference to the strong pipeline of like following scott jurek to signing up for leadville to dnfing at leadville <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. I didn't realize the crazy stats on how many people drop out. I mean, thank God they take care of themselves, but um, that is a totally different. I guess that's just like a factor yeah. in the event. I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe it could be because maybe it could be some 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 post uh, Hellasitibe, um, um vibes out there like this year. Like, oh, I'm going to Leadville too. You know, like, let's and go. maybe they just like ramp up the menace, right? Like, there's a lot of hundreds out there now, and, like, they're they're known for how brutal it is. Maybe they make it a 150. Like, maybe it's just like, all right, like, there's already so many at this level. We need to, like, step it up again to get to, like, a, a more, not extreme version of this, but, like, it's obviously for diehards, right? Or, like, uninformed amateurs. So it's like... So you have like this, this this cadre of people who are like, I'm in it because Leadville is, is super tough and I want to be there because it's super tough. And I wonder if like there's so many hundreds now or so many really great options for people that you have to kind of move the goalposts a little bit. All right. So Leadville was a big race. There's a lot of big races. We had Falmouth and all of that. But we also had, as everyone knows, the World Championships, which was, you know, what, what a great start to that weekend. Um, obviously, the World Championships is going to last here for a while. Um I can't wait to talk about this one. Um, let's see here. Tommy, was there a certain race or a certain person, certain storyline or what have you that really caught your eye this weekend? Uh, everything. That's not that's not specific enough. I mean, you're going to have to dive a little deeper. Like, honest, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like everything's been – I'm like fully into world championships this year. Like every race, I'll watch it. And because it seems like they're doing a really great job of like promoting people um in the athletes so it's like almost every race there's like oh i've heard this name before let's go you know what i mean and i think they've just done a really good job actually and i'm like i find myself just kind of like i'm like watching it right now you know like live on my phone just to see like because i don't want to miss anything because there's so it's really many dialed people. into the conversation 
Yeah, I'm, I've just been all the way in. Like you said, you know, I think Stephanie said something about hurdles or something. So I said, yeah, yeah, I'm watching that right now. But no, honestly, it's been really great. Like, and I was like, obviously, we're watching Stefan Hassan or try to do the the three peat. Um, that that was that's interesting, and what happened there was super wild. Um, and like, I, I'm just I'm like all over the place, but it's like it's just an exciting time. For the first few days, have been great. Yeah, let's talk about Stefan Hassan. Laura, did you have any thoughts on doing the t- the ten thousand meter, then into the fifteen hundred meter double, the ne- like the following day? And especially as as Kara mentioned on the broadcast, like not only is she going to be, not only she used the word wrecked, but like she's, I think she said she's going to be like pretty stiff in the morning coming from that race. But combined with like hitting the track the way she did at the final of the ten k, what do you think? Like putting like your your. Uh, your elite athlete hat on here like but what was that must have been like for her to come back and then compete in an exceptionally fast semi uh heat of the 1500 yeah i mean we saw it when was that what was it 2019 that she did the triple i can't no, remember um she, there's been so many championships she that yeah. Too? yeah um i'm just incredibly impressed um to do all three of those events in a span of nine days with three 1500 semis uh do they i should know this do they do a prelim at worlds for the five it's just a straight five i think there'll be a prelim yeah so it's like you know like six races um it's it's crazy to me especially like at the level that the sport is at now and the depth across the 10k the 5k the 15 i mean it's some of the deepest fields we've ever seen um, so, so to attack a triple, um, in those events over nine days, I like still can't wrap my brain around. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it was pretty impressive after her 10 K in that fall. Um, and obviously the disappointment that, that comes with that, um, and then bouncing back the next day and just having to completely erase that from your mind, uh, as Ted Lasso would say, memory, like a goldfish, you just have to like, forget about the day before jump into that semi. She was in that hot semi, uh, so no time to think about or lick the wounds from the night before. You're just like back in it, um, yeah. you know, going again. So that was really impressive that she that she rallied in less than like 15 hours, whatever that turnaround was, um, and competed at that level and ran 356 or whatever it was. Um, yes, yeah, so like, yeah, Faith came across in 355 and Nikki Hiltz finished 11th and they came in at four flat. Like so everyone nine finished. Them, nine of them broke four nine of them in a semi we're not even to the final yet i'm like dear god what are we gonna see in the final like i don't even know what's about to happen like that oh, was, it's gonna be so that's crazy. what i still can't wrap my brain around that's what i wanted to talk about was i'm that. a big fan i just want to introduce total nerd fest but um getting rid of the small qualifier to go through the rounds i'm a just huge six. fan of i'm like the, so you gotta be in the top six and i think that's leading to them going faster as opposed to like <laughs> There would always be this weird thing. You're watching it, and they're kind of like easing across the line. You're like, you got to go. And then they'd be like, oh, I missed the small cue. And you're like, what does that even matter? As opposed to just like, you can count, you can look at the race, and you're like, they're going to make it. They're not going to make it. I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, it's keeping and it super it, honest. We're seeing it. Yeah. And it makes every single race, uh, every single heat a race. You know, like it's not everyone is his own individual race that matters just as much as the next one because if you don't pay attention to this one and you finish seventh you're gone you know so like yeah. you're watching as a fan you're just sitting there like you know like i need you to go faster because you got to get this top six you know 
It's true. I mean, we look at that heat. You saw Jessica Hull fall out. Like she's at the back of the first six. They had like a very clear line demarcation in the top six with about 250 meters to go. And then the backstretch, Jessica Hull starts losing steam. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, is this person going to come up and get her? Like it was so close um, to see that happen. And to speak of like, hey, you got to make sure you place in your heat. Like what happened to Fred Curley? All of a sudden he's not in the final. Yeah. And it's like, uh oh, like what? You, you you better bring it each step of the way here because all it takes is just a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're going to be on the outs. And that's what like you look at the 1500. Like I know Marcus, you want to talk about this, like Jakob Ingvarsson, what happened with him in the 1500, and you know there obviously was some tactics there. He wasn't the only one who approached the race that way, not even on the men's side, but even on the women's side. We saw some people start at the back and make their way up, so it wasn't a unique thing. I know Mo Farah like made this like the, the invoke thing, you know, years ago as well. But Marcus, what was your take on Jakob in terms of like towing the line between race strategy and like being an entertainer a little bit uh, during that that semi? I don't know. I think sometimes people can be a little bit fickle. They want personality, but then when it's too much, they're like, oh, no, you now you're being cocky. Now you've been arrogant. I quite like him, to be honest. I mean, he, yeah. he can back it up. Um, and you, like you said, it was tactical. And you know what I mean? He, he, I'd rather him show some sort of like personality than just be like, yeah, that's that's what I do. And just, just go back. Uh, I thought it was cool. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen like obviously the stuff online and people like getting like, it's an outrage. He's disrespecting the sport. He's disrespecting his his colleagues. I'm like, I'm sure they're not that bothered. I'm sure they're not like crying in this. Their fellows seeing like Jakob's like face. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. I think I thought it was great gamesmanship because if you're any of the other guys who are gritting down the home stretch, you're like, oh dear, I have yeah. no chance. Like this guy. I mean, whether you know, just nuts. So like last year he got beat, and so there's a way to beat him maybe, but um, it's gonna be fun to see if anyone believes they can beat him because he's just a showboater it's hilarious i mean and i think that that's part that's well i mean i think that's just part of the sport in general i mean there's always been someone that that very very much believes in themselves but then also will let everybody else know as well and then i mean to be honest whether people like him or not like people will tune in to see to watch him hopefully get beat you know like if they don't like him they're gonna watch to see if he if he loses and he's probably not going to, but they're going to watch, you know, like, so I think it's just good for the sport all around. And he's not blatantly disrespectful, disrespecting like his, his peers. Um, well, you know, do you remember not... that interview he gave? I think it was maybe after Worlds last year. I can't remember, but it was like, he like crushed everyone in like one of the rounds and they were asking him about it. And he was like, yeah, it's just disappointing when like their best just isn't good enough. And you're like, what? That was yeah, so that was, okay, that, that savage. Was, that was... <laughs> when they asked him about, like that. <laughs> when they asked him about whether he was um whether he would write uh he, he would ask diamond league to to do something with pacers or whatever and he was like i'm the pacer for every race what do you mean <laughs> like that's i me. love that i i love I when I someone like says something that's like like 90% just honest and 10% just twisting the knife. You're right. Cause it's like, you can't quite get mad at them, but like, you also know what they're doing. Yeah. Cause like Tommy said, like he most times like backs it up and he's at that time he was an Olympic champion. So you're like, that's cool, man. If I could just take a skosh of that confidence and like sprinkle Please. it on myself, I would have no more issues. So I'm not even psychological demons like right there. I'm not even that confident brushing my teeth. <laughs> So I'm not that like, confident in doing anything. It's like, I've been doing that for a while. 
I love that like, he was in he was in fourth when he started me? when he started like doing that to the crowd. Like he wasn't even in first. He was in fourth and he was like in lane three, not even looking at his competitors. That's the thing. He's just saying to the crowd, but looking away from the track and his competitors as he's on the curve. It was I was like, like trying to think about like what year of uh elementary school I would have to be racing to be that confident. Like <laughs> Yeah, but you think back to that sort of uh, image of like Usain Bolt and just like just being showboating well, and stuff like that. I mean, if you're that good, I feel like you you can just like do whatever you want up to a point. Um, Bolt did it, used to do it, and to see in the semis Noah Lyles high step with 80 meters to go, oh, 20 meters to go at the 80, I was so excited. The moment he popped his knee up and he started like celebrating, I was like, this guy is ready to rock. I don't know about him, to be honest. I'm still on the fence. I kind of feel oh, like he's in like which a way? Throwback. Tell me more. I, I don't know. I feel like he's like a throwback to like the old sprinters. Like he's not quite like worked out his own personality, so he's like copying other people. Like that, uh, like, that fake. Like I'm a sprinter. I'm here to like dominate and stuff. I'm like, right, I get it. I just, I don't know. Oh I don't know. man. My, my thing I... is like, if you were like better than Usain Bolt, I'd be like, okay, cool, dude. But you're not. So you're best mm. right now, but you're not like best that we've had. I feel like Usain Bolt casts such a large shadow that I don't want his presence to be the standard by which anyone else gets to like play the sport. I hear what you're saying, but I'm like, he was so good for so long that if we wait around to like yeah. be better than that to be able to fully have fun, it's like we're going to be waiting a long time. So when Noah starts, uh, I mean, I just, I'm a huge Noah no, Lyles fan. I mean, I, I get it, but I think like, I just my point is that I just don't think he's as good as what's been before. So I'm like, ah. yeah, celebrate, but like, know your place in history. Like, don't go over the top. We, we know you're celebrating. You won, but like, dude. Wait, I think we need to call out. <laughs> I think it. Marcus is a very big this. fan of Jamaican sprinting, and I like <laughs> this. I just need. I want all listeners to know that I'm. Weren't you just in Jamaica, Marcus? I was. All right. Okay. So it's on the table. Do you know what? I was running, like doing an interval. I got like critiqued by one of the guys about my running technique. I'm like, dude, I'm not a sprinter. I'm running for a marathon. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, I just wanted to say that on the same weekend where I'm following the Leadville 100 that I don't really understand, I'm also watching Noah get into the blocks for the final. And I was so nervous. I'm just like, I really want it to go well. And I just had to remind myself, like, he practices this a lot. He's the best at the world at this. Like he's doing his job, but I'm like, what if he gets a bad start? Cause you know, the way he sometimes has a slower start. I'm like, what if he messes it up? And I'm like, no. It's the world championships. Like we saw that with Fred Curley, like anything can happen. Like nothing is guaranteed. That's what makes the racing so exciting. Like it literally can be anyone's day. So yeah, he's like, you know, now the best in the world, but like even the best in the world don't make a final. Like, I mean, it is nerve-wracking. Every race is so nerve-wracking because anything could happen. You just don't know. But I also think that, like, that personality piece is part and parcel with certain races, right? Like, and maybe it's just the history of those races that lends itself to that. So you're you know, you're following your idol, and then when you get to your idol station, then you start behaving a certain way. But, like, you also see it, like, so you, you have, like, the Flojos and Shikari Richardson, and you see, like, really flamboyant people doing this race, just like... If you go like with a football, like wide receivers are extremely flamboyant, like 
as a, like that that position lends itself to that, right? And certain other positions are much more hard nosed, and you also wonder like the legacy of those sorts of things. But I find it it's so entertaining that like I love that piece, and I'm just always a sucker for like the fastest person in the world argument, like just like just pure speed, right? Like there, there's this great quote that Max Kellerman had. He's like a, a radio personality. He does like ESPN stuff, but he's also a, a boxing aficionado. So he does a lot of boxing calls. And he says that bo- his his thing is like boxing's the best sport in the world because if you ever are just walking down a street and you hear fight, fight, like everyone's gonna turn around and watch. No one's gonna be like, no, no thanks, I don't want to watch that. Like everyone will turn around. He's like that. So that's his argument. But like the same can be said about like, hey, two people are gonna be like racing to like the the lamppost. Like everyone's gonna turn around to see who's faster. And also like. Those sports, like whether it's like the the fight or like who's fastest in this short burst, like that's also been a sport since we were like five years old, right? Like Lindsay knows this, like her kids do this on a daily basis, probably both of them, like in and around her house, right? Like the fighting and the racing. So I just think that's inherently part of it. And it's like, for me, so entertaining to see the whole, like, who's just the fastest in the world, just kind of like with boxing. It's like, who's like the the heavyweight champion of the world is like the toughest fighter in the world kind of vibe. I get that, but I, I kind of think that like, there's nothing wrong with confidence but when i look at him and i'm just going way too deep here but i just don't see like his personality it just feels like he's copying a type oh. to be and we especially at the end when he was like arguing with the, the, the tv camera going like oh you guys don't know me i'm like dude who Ooh. are you arguing with you've just won just celebrate it like <laughs> you don't have to keep up this tough guy persona dude thing. Marcus, like, Marcus wants everyone to be a sofa powell he wants everyone to be a sofa powell <laughs> super stoic fast no. strong it's chill no. No, That's why we have a no, diverse multi-continent uh, <laughs> podcast no. network. Because I'm like, no. he's the best, and all the no. Americans are like, he's the best. Yes, yeah, so well, thank you, Marcus. But you I, say Bolt was the best, though. I love Marcus's <laughs> shade. I love that so much, and also it makes me think about just like, like when my kid scores a goal in soccer, and he just like hustles back to the other side of the field without doing the gritty and like extra celebrating. I'm like, yes. <laughs> That's the way to do it. You score the goal and you get back out there and you keep working hard instead of like doing this big celebration. But at the same time, I hear what you guys are saying that it's like fun. It's like a performance. It like makes makes the competition exciting to see these like big personalities. Um, it's hard though because as a parent, I'm always telling my kids like don't over celebrate, be the team player, all those things. And well, so, that's a good point though. Cause like those are team sports. Those are team Whereas sports. Whereas like this, I mean, obviously you're a part of team USA, but these are individual endeavors. But I, I agree with that too. But I also love seeing like, for instance, women's marathoning. I love seeing the women like turn around to see who's coming up behind them and giving the big hug and like that being the celebration. Right. But also like Shalane, right? Shalane in New York. Like that moment yeah. was celebrated for like six months. That's true. Yeah. I guess there's a time and a place. And if you're doing it every single time, I'm kind of rolling my eyes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's true. I guess I just, I'm just such a fan of it. I guess, I guess, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm like, but also, I think that's also like the best for the sport. Like, I think when like you if combine. Like, did that for every marathon that she did well in or something, but like she was winning the New York City marathon. Right. You know what I, I mean? Think, I, I, and, and, and like, I think this is like kind of what Marcus is saying to a degree too. Like, I think if you can combine the flamboyance with greatness, I think that's an unbelievable recipe. And I think that when we've seen that, and no matter the sport of the athlete, that's when it becomes like this gravitational pull towards that sport, right? Like yeah. like Tiger Woods having like the 
the greatness of being Tiger Woods, but also like wearing the black and red on Sundays and the fist pump after a big putt, right? And then like the strut after a huge drive. Like when you can combine the two, then it's then it's intoxicating, right? So you look at some like the like you look at the Flojos of the world or the Carl Lewis of the world, even Michael Johnson who didn't run the one hundred, but like you see him run nineteen point three two in Atlanta, and you're like, oh my god, like. I, I just can't believe what I just saw and like the celebration after the fact. I think that stuff is awesome. So I don't know. I, I, I'm going to stand on that corner forever. I also wonder too, like you bring it, you bring up Shalane and I'm like, okay, so that was like covered by mainstream media as well. Like it would have been covered either way. If an American wins the New York city marathon, it's going to be covered. But because of how she did the F yeah and all that, like was it covered even more? And is that even better for the sport? Because so much people, many more people heard about it. Well, I think people want to see that emotion. Like people yeah. want that human element. And it's like so relatable in the sense of like, you know, when you have, when you accomplish something so huge like that, like breaking down and being vulnerable and like, you know, not everyone, most people don't know what it takes to get there and then to have everything come together on the day and to win a world title or to win a world major. Like that those moments are so huge. And so I think, celebrate however you freaking want to like I'm all for it like I can only imagine what I would do if I won a world title like if I ever won like an Olympic medal I would freaking wear that like to the grocery store like <laughs> it's just like I think like those moments are so huge because it's not just that moment or that day it's years upon years upon years of hard work sacrifice drive like all these things set back to get there and so when you have that moment that we all everyone in the sport no matter where you are wants to some degree whether it's a PR or winning a master's division or yeah winning the title like celebrate the way you want man I'm all for it yeah and there's also like the difference between the celebrating what was that Marcus I feel like you're right, though. You should celebrate, but I think there's a line of over-celebration. I'm going to send you this video. It's not even, like, related to running, but there's a guy called Emmanuel Adebayor. He used to play for Arsenal, and then he switched over to Man City. He scored a goal against Arsenal, and he literally ran the length of the pitch to celebrate in front of the fans. And we're like, maybe that was a little bit of an over-celebration. He didn't need to run with That's like Terrell Owens. (laughs) Sit down. Yeah. But it, also, there's a difference between like a, a genuine celebration and like something that yeah. can try stuff. But also like, and yeah. I, I like this, but I can see where other people might might not be a huge fan of it. Is like, or like maybe just wouldn't care about it. I guess is a better way of saying it. Like the the the, the celebration after the race, which I like. I said I'm a huge fan of. Do your thing. But like, like I love I love Noah Lyles brings so much more to the table because he's like, like 24 hours a day. Like he is he is there for he's entertaining. Right, like twenty four mm. hours a day, and he's conscious of being an entertainer. Like he comes to the stadium looking like a like a mashup of like John Wick and like Kanye, and it's just like it's like this like cool vibe. Like he's got like the black trench coat. He's got all stuff going on. I love all that, and but at the same time, like that's definitely like a different vibe of like, hey, I'm here to entertain. The Netflix cameras are following me around, and like this is literally going to be a TV show versus like the hey, I just achieved greatness, and this is like a authentic reaction to the moment i, I love you, this controversy i just want you guys to know i've been trying to get noel lyles on my podcast since april 14th 2021 oh <laughs> i think this is the way <laughs> i'm gonna talk with the pro i think he might be a little busier than he was last week um, <laughs> those, those 421,000 followers i'm sure he's gonna see our dms probably it'll probably yeah. be right at the top so <laughs> He's got he's got he's got Laura favorited. 
Noah, if you're listening, please come on Relay. Come on. We'd love to come talk on. with you. The fact that he had a doc series come out just about him then he won the hundred there netflix is following the sprinters it finally you know was announced officially it's going to be really great i'm sad he used to wear different like pokemon socks before he <laughs> raced he would like highlight a different character each week every race and then he announced like a season or two ago that apparently that he had he felt like it was affecting his performance and so he stopped wearing socks, but they were such a cool element of Best his personality. Best decision he ever made. Best decision he ever made. That's no, so no, dorky. No, Gucci said, none of this, man. We got to get you <laughs> I love no. his fashion. I'm always like, what's he going to be in? When, like, I just want to like follow his fashion since. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I love it. Here Am I it. allowed to do like a breaking news? Um, um, do Shakira it. Gary finished third um, in her heat just now at, I think, 1084. So she so, meddled or no? No, no. That this was a semi. A semi. So okay. Thinking that with the ten eighty four, I think she, I think she'll probably get into the final, but she finished third, so it wasn't necessarily she didn't get off the blocks very well. Do they take two on time? Yeah, two, like two, two auto, two heat. auto, and the third is a time. I think right. Is there just one more heat after her? I think that was. I think I think that might have been the final one. Okay, so. See, yeah. like I said, you just don't know. You can be one of the best in the world, and ugh, it's all about your start and like a hundred meters. If that's all you have, Peter's Peter's on the mad prowl for information right now. <laughs> I know this 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 is when we need a producer. You can just like dive in, like hook hey, it can up. Can we call him Todd? Can we call it? Can we have a guy? Can we have our producer Todd in the background? <laughs> it's really Peter. <laughs> like Joe Rogan. Can you just check this out on the Google? And he, and he does that. Yeah. He's just like, oh man. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. All right, so we're, we're going to wrap this up in a little bit. We're going to be recording another show in a little bit uh, that will be coming out this coming Friday. So in order to give that show some space, we'll be diving out here in a second. But before we do, how we just go around the horn? What are you most excited about in the next week or so? Obviously, we have the World Championships. Also, <clears throat> um, UTMB week right around the corner as well, and so maybe some other things as well. Um, I'll just start directing people. So, Laura, you first. Um, well, with UTMB, I'm pumped to see what Courtney does. Uh, round three, here we go. Definitely be following along that journey. Um, and then, yeah, Worlds. I'm just pumped for literally everything. Like, I, I, can't, I can't pick a thing because there's too many, but the women's 15 tomorrow, uh, the fives coming up, uh, the men's 15. I mean, there's just too many. I can't. Um, but I'm just pumped for another week of incredible racing all the way around. Lindsay. Um, I'm going to go with Courtney. I've been like not plugged in, so I'm going to go with Courtney at UTMB. All right, Marcus. We did get a chance to talk about it. We, we talked about two very arrogant <laughs> runners, <laughs> but we've got to give like some like flowers to Katarina Johnson-Thompson, double world champion. Uh, she came back from having that injury, which ruled her out of the Olympics, um, and it's an incredible story to see humility and winning. Aww. <laughs> In the British proper British way too. Uh, it was maybe, beautiful. Maybe we can, we can explore that next Monday. We'll we'll make sure we get there next Monday. It will still be an important story. Yeah. All right, Peter. Um, I'm all in on the 15. I think Jakob will probably win, but men's 15 um, and women's 15 is just going to be nuts. So I'm 
it's my after many years of uh like wanting to pretend that the ultra distance events were like the most exciting i was a 5k 10k runner i was like those are more interesting and now i'm just all in on like no uh, yes the ultra distance 5k is that like the is that like the 5k marathon sorry oh the longer distance distance events yeah it feels like the 10k is an ultra distance when they cut away when peacock cuts away for like most of the developing laps i was raised in the like turgot versus gever selassie like going from 2k out and it's like beautiful endurance and now they're just like and we're gonna start running with 300 meters to go and here we go um so yeah 1500 i'm all in all right um yeah i'm really excited about the 1500s uh men and women um and the marathon obviously like i'm looking forward to see what the... really i'm more excited about the women's um let's naturally see what, what, see what our team does there and then also the other greats that'll be there and i gotta race this weekend i'm doing a uh uh what's it called what do those people do what do the cool kids call it a simulator or something like tune up Ooh, a little tune-up, yeah. A little, little tune-up for Berlin, so we'll see. What are you doing? A half. A half marathon in Grand Rapids, Michigan. All out or marathon pace? Or somewhere in between? I think it'll be marathon pace and then cut down at the end, hopefully. Nice. Well, I'm going to put you on my list, Tommy. I'm pumped for that one, too. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, how are you, Steph? Yeah, um, similar to Tommy, I'm also racing this weekend. It'll be my oh. longest effort since coming back from injury. Um, well, my longest race. I've ran 50K in training, but yeah, I'm racing a 50K this weekend up here in Steamboat. So I'm personally excited for that. But like Laura and Lindsay mentioned, I'm also very pumped for all of the UTMB races to go. Personally, though, I'm really excited to see Ruth Croft um, take on the full lap. I know she's been training out there for months, um, so I'm excited to see um, that, like, this the entire women's field. Um, I have a couple of teammates that are in the race as well, so it'll just be fun to see how Courtney, including all the other women um, that also are doubling back after Western States, um, just to see how that race plays out, as well as what Jim can do this year. I think, you know, this is the, the third go. He's gone all in, living and training in France, so... That'll be a really exciting race, and yeah, pulling for him. I love that. All right, um, before we go, I'll do, I'll do mine. In my in my real life, I am extremely conflict averse, but not in sports. Mm -hmm. I love my conflicts, so I love the idea that we're gonna have Sabrina Stanley and Courtney DeWalter on the line for the first time racing each other since uh, Sabrina said some things that maybe weren't the best about about Courtney DeWalter. Wait, um, tell us so then. What? 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 We don't know about this. Oh, I think it was, and Stephanie, you can correct me if I'm if I'm paraphrasing incorrectly here. I think it was more like she she basically, I think it was in reference to Courtney's winning streak, but there oh. was a DNF in there when she it was the DNF at Western, and she like she pulled out at mile ninety one because of an injury, and Sabrina made some comments that and and I think the comments were fairly innocuous, but about like hey, it's not a winning streak if you DNF in the middle of it, but then. It kind of, kind of got like it got inflamed, but anyway, here we are. Like they're racing <laughs> a, a huge race, and they're both unbelievable athletes. So I think that's going to be a fun little storyline. I don't know, Stephanie, did I did I mischaracterize that at all, or am I putting too much air into this? Uh, no, I think that's that's fairly accurate. Um, I respect <laughs> both of them, um, and I, I think I think one of them is a little bit more vocal, and that's I think that wasn't like the only isolated time she was more vocal um, about calling out another athlete. How can it, like, I feel like Courtney DeWalter loves everybody and everything. How can one make a negative comment about that woman? <laughs> and when people are saying that, that she's like the greatest thing since sliced bread, you could be like, 
Maybe not. I have, like, my sandwiches. Like, okay. I, I think there's, like, she, uh, I don't know if you saw, Solomon just posted on, like, what is your nutrition strategy? And they were interviewing, like, three Solomon athletes, and then they, like, turned to Courtney, and she's like, I don't know. I'm not sure. And you're like, oh, my Lord. Like, she says ridiculous. the same thing about her training. I don't know. I just run when I feel like it. I mean, it's a, yeah. I think well, what we're hearing, even Marcus can get, like, a little bit wrinkled by some people at the very top. So... Well, what my husband always says about Courtney is like, she knows she strategized way more than she's, than she says she does. Oh, like obviously. she knows, obviously. she knows exactly what yes. she's doing. Yeah. She's but just keeping it close to the vest. It's just yeah. not on paper beforehand. It's all calculated in the brain though. Yeah. No, no one like, like it's that good. Yeah, No one like just falls into greatness, you know, like, Oh, look what happened. <laughs> this has been so much fun make sure you subscribe rate review and share this has been this has been a wonderful first three weeks thank you so much everybody for listening thank and you happy running happy running i like that <laughs>